Welcome to Let's Get Metaphysical, the show that stretches you beyond your five senses. When you are looking for your next step on the path into the unseen, we've got you covered. Join epic adventure seekers and level up your game with your host, reality magician, Allie Bierman. Greetings, epic adventure seekers. Welcome to your guide to demystifying your world. I'm Allie Bierman, and you're listening to Let's Get Metaphysical, connecting heart and mind. Today's guest is Dr. Jillian Lackage, who bridges the world of mainstream medicine and ancient healing traditions, leading us on a journey to a new outlook on aging. But first, I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like life just happens to you? If that's you, I made a gift for you. Step in a new direction. In this quick read, you'll discover your power and control every day in your life. The link to download your copy is in the show notes. And now I feel very privileged to introduce Dr. Jillian Lockett. Dr. Jillian Lockett is a dual certified specialist in pediatrics and medical biochemistry and a professor emerita at the University of British Columbia. Her recovery from a series of catastrophic life events that culminated in life-saving emergency spinal surgery led her to explore the intersection of epigenetic science with ancient and non-Western healing traditions to understand which helped her healing and how they work. During that process, she developed her roadmap for healthy aging as related in her book, releasing May 27th, Growing Older, Living Younger, The Science of Aging Gracefully and the Art of Retiring comfortably. At 70, she challenged herself to become an entrepreneur, building a business in wellness and healthy aging. Her book is the basis for the Growing Older, Living Younger project, which aims to help others find their personal roadmaps to aging youthfully. And she shares insights from other experts in her podcast, Going Older, Living Younger, which I follow and I highly recommend. Welcome, Dr. Jillian Hockage. Thank you, Ali. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm honored that you have asked me to be on your podcast. Well, I love the work that you're doing. I love what you're teaching on your podcast. I had a dear friend. He's gone now, and he transitioned at 94, and he was always writing his book. If you're old, it's your own fault. Only book never got written, no matter how many times I met with him. So I was really excited to discover your work and your podcast, too. I have been trying to figure out your accent because I know it's not typical Canadian. <laughs> Would you please share with us your story and your journey from South Africa to Canada? Uh, well, the accent, as you realized, is is. Cape Town, South African. So I often get mistaken for New Zealand or Britain, but yeah, it's a South African accent. So I grew up in uh, in Cape Town. Uh, I was the oldest of uh, three kids, went to medical school uh, at the University of Cape Town. And um, I met my husband when I was 15. We got married when I was in my third year of medical school. And my eldest son was actually born during my internship year. So I did my undergraduate training uh, in medicine at Cape Town. And then we moved to Pretoria. And that was where I had begun a pediatric residency. But 
you know, with a transition to another city, I was unable to continue with that. And that was when I had the most amazing, also life-changing experience of doing research in a remote area in northern Zululand, as it was called then, looking at a local tribe who had some unusual form of, of joint disease. And that really got me interested in genetics, uh, epidemiology, and I learned a lot about radiology at that time, although I'd, I've never formally trained as a radiologist. So when I completed that, I got a doctorate. And then we moved to Canada with a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old, landed in Halifax wow. and drove the Trans-Canada Highway to Vancouver. This was something that my husband had always wanted to do uh -huh. since he was a kid. So it was really fulfilling his lifetime ambition. And it was an amazing, amazing trip. When we came to, to Vancouver, that was when I began my residency in pediatrics, finished it, and did a year of pediatric neurology, which I found very disturbing at the time because there was not a lot of things we could do to help kids. We didn't have the genetic knowledge to be able to really diagnose some of the conditions we were seeing. And during that year, I got recruited to be the new biochemistry department head at the new academic children's and women's hospital that was being built in Vancouver. And the only catch to that was I had to do a second specialty, which I did in medical biochemistry. And that's how basically my 25 years of, of professional life was really involved in understanding how the human body works from a biochemical point of view, nutrition, genetics, etc. So that's basically my my journey to from Cape Town to Vancouver. That's an extraordinary, very, very busy life. Having three children while you're moving to the other side of the world and taking on all these responsibilities. And I'm imagining it was so deep in your heart to do all of that because that's the only way you could have done all of it. Yes, uh, you know, and I, you know, daily am blessed by, you know, the fact that I have these three wonderful children and the memories of a really wonderful supportive marriage with a amazing man. That's incredible. And I believe that we attract who we are. So it speaks volumes of love, who your family is and who you are in the world. After the 25 years in medicine and science and academics, what led you to explore the other healing traditions? Well, Basically, what happened was I, I actually retired from medicine. So I have to say this, I'm a Gemini. So, you know, I, I spent 25 years with science. And then when I retired from medicine, I really wanted to focus on arts and culture and, you know, the other side of one's life. And that was when I, that was when I founded my website, which is called reviewfromthehouse.com. And it was all about exploring food, wine, travel, ballroom dancing, etc. And during that time, uh, when I was going on ballroom dance cruises, uh, I had been suffering from a lifetime problem with lower back pain ever since I fell off a horse Ooh. when I was about 18. And when I got home one night from this dance 
cruise, uh, I woke up in the morning, three o'clock in the morning with absolutely devastating sciatic pain. And I, I, couldn't move. And that sort of kicked off four month period of excruciating pain, depression, putting on weight, not wanting to see anyone. So I'd sort of gone from a, a high to to really a desperate low. And at the end of the four months, I ended up having emergency spinal surgery. And I still have these sort of metal rods in, in my back. But it was absolutely life-saving because not only was I able to get back on the dance floor about eight months later, but during my process of rehabilitation, I realized that if I didn't change my whole aging outlook and what I was doing, I would was basically on a downward slope to really bad health. And so that was when I sort of started out to develop my roadmap, looking at what I now call the seven pillars of healthy aging. So, you know, I explored nutrition, movement, mindset, uh, etc. And I came to realize that probably the most important thing was obviously your belief in your mind. And so that formed the foundation of my book and the Growing Older, Living Younger project. Well, I know from personal experience and all the people I've interviewed and I'm aware of, it's a great crisis that we go through because the universe knows that we can teach, but first has to get us wanting to teach this new information. So I thank you for going through all that you've gone through. My brother is a retired pediatrician and he's older than I am. And he was lamenting how when you get older, things don't work and I was pointing out you know it's how you run your head and it's how you run your life starting from the time you're in your 20s so he actually <laughs> listens to me and reads everything that I write but I'm very interested in knowing uh, about your project could you tell us more about that about the growing older yeah. living younger project well it's basically part of my mission to help people understand how they have the internal power of epigenetics to change the way their aging occurs at the cellular level so you know most many many genes that we have we don't have any ability to regulate or control but we do know that more than 90 98% of the dna in our genetic blueprint is sort of devoted to the things that up and down regulate our genes and we know that everything from you know how we think how we move what we eat the emotions that we feel can all change gene expression and therefore the way we age. Age. And so I, I, I guess my concern about the huge number of people in our population that are suffering from sort of what, what is commonly called age-related mm -hmm. disorders, which are not really related to age as much as to our sort of genetic condition that we have allowed ourselves to be to come into. So it's it's to explain to people and to help them find their own personal roadmaps to aging well. So, you know, I know what nutritional programs and things work for me, but they're not necessarily exactly the same as somebody else. So part of the so so basically I established my website uh, which hosts the blog on aging and 
from the book, I decided to start the podcast to sort of share the messages. So I'm kind of hoping that people will visit the website, which is www.askdrjill.com and understand a little bit from that about what the Growing Older, Living Younger project is all about. And just looking at you, I know you said when you turned 70, you started this new road and you look great. I know you're known as the dancing bop. So obviously you're living what you're teaching, which only makes sense. That's absolutely true, except I'm I'm really sad that um, I guess with the whole pandemic and the restrictions and everything, uh, since December, um, I haven't been able to dance with my teacher, who's been a wonderful inspiration to me in the last sort of five years. And, you know, dancing at home by yourself is great, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still the dancing dark. I'm just not dancing at the level that I was before COVID. That's something Zoom can't help with. <laughs> no, well, it, it can. We did try and do some sort of uh, virtual lessons, but it's not the same as the, the, the physical contact. And, you know, partner dancing is something, I believe, very special for your brain. There have been studies that have shown that, in fact, partner dancing is one of the most important ways in which we can sort of delay our decline in cognition. And it's it's fascinating to me. It sort of, to me, it relates to everything like you know, brain neuron pruning and basically the epigenetics of, of how your brain and mind work. That's incredible. Do you go into that in your book? Because I'm really interested in knowing more about that. Well, the the book, um, it's it's interesting. It went through an evolution. So when I started writing the, the book, you know, it's called The Science of Aging Gracefully and the Art of Retiring Comfortably. I wanted to convey science, you know, and so I really dug deep into what was the latest research. And after about two and a half years, three years almost of, of trying to write this book, I landed up with, I don't know, 300 odd pages of really interesting, brilliant science that I could have talked about forever mm-hmm. and that nobody was ever going to read. So I, I didn't know where to go with the book. And in fact, I'd sort of given up with the idea of actually finishing it with my very wise daughter who comes from a theater acting, directing background and is, has far more intuition and than I have. I'm kind of like, let's go do it, do it sort of thing. She said to me, Mom, you know, why don't you just tell your story and the science will flow from that? And so the book does not go into deep, you know, the, the deep rabbit holes of the uh-huh. latest science. It's more uh, part memoir. In other words, it, it relates my journey to back to health from the point of view of the the seven pillars so i just i talk about the genetics and i talk about you know nutrition and the mistakes that i made trying to listen to sort of orthodoxy in that area uh, it talks about physicality about the importance of human connection it talks about how it's really important to look at yourself and see yourself as beautiful from inside out as well as outside in 
and how important the health of our skin is. And then the final sort of chapter, um, we, apart from mindset and all of that, the final chapter really deals with challenging oneself constantly. And in order to do, in order to grow, you, you need to keep yourself challenged, whether it's, you know, learning a new language or volunteering or, you know, traveling somewhere that you would never normally have contemplated. And the challenge that I took up was leaving the sort of comfortable environment of being a job or of having a job or being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur and learning how to be my own boss really for the first time in my adult career. I want to jump off from there. First, I just want to take a quick break for a sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Metaphysical Ministry International, my home base where I get to be the minstrel minister. I created a very special offer for you, my epic adventure seeker. You can get the combo package of the ebook and audio of my popular book, What You Don't Know, You Don't Know How Your Brain and Mind Keep You Stuck, for the very special price of just $9.97. That's at normally sells for $27. Click the special offer link in the show notes. And now getting back to that's quite a change from always working in an environment where somebody, if they're not telling you what to do, they're watching what you're doing. How did you change your way of thinking to accommodate that? It was a very interesting process because I had never done anything like it before and I'd never been involved in the kind of business that I was before. Uh, But I was very, very fortunate in that the team that I joined um, were amazing, very supportive. And there was so much online training and free treat, free, what's the word that I'm looking for? Free training, I guess. That was really an interesting thing to do. And my motives for starting this were were really not to create a business um, as much as to build a network to replace the network that I'd lost really when I retired from medicine. And so it's been an absolutely wonderful, fun time. I've met people from diverse backgrounds that I would never, never ever have come into contact with were I not involved in this particular endeavor. And it's also taught me about a lot about business, which is something that I had never really bothered to think about. You know, I got my salary and um, that was it. And I guess there has become a change with the pandemic because as I realize how many people have lost their job, their jobs, Mm -hmm. right, and um, are looking for alternate sources of income, uh, it's sort of in emboldened me to to reach out to people and sort of say that you know we have a system that can help so it's it's changed my approach to this particular challenge of becoming an entrepreneur I was really thinking about it more as a fun thing for me and now I'm realizing that it's a way that I can really help others don't not only look and stay you know youthful and healthy but also build a retirement sort of income for themselves. So big minds, mind shift. 
the universe always works perfectly. And I love the way of all the companies out there, you got the company that had everything that really served you so you could serve the rest of the world and had some real shifts in your mindset of how things work in the world and in business. And I'm so glad to be talking with you because I think as you were pointing out with people having lost their jobs and they're looking for things and my goodness, there's a whole lot of things out there that you don't really want to encourage people to get involved with. So, right. it, it, so yeah, the, the key thing for me was how much, apart from the fact that as a scientist, I totally understood and appreciated the science basis of all of the products and the scientific team that work with this company. But it was more than that. Their the whole moral and philanthropic programs kind of aligned so well with what I wanted to do in the world. And, you know, it's it's now been five years that I've been observing the company because, of course, we're not employed by the company, but I've been observing what they've been doing to try and make the world and all of us better. And I, my commitment has been just greater and greater and greater. <laughs> So I'm very, again, another blessing in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And that serves as a blessing to who knows how many millions of people will be touched eventually. And I know you're doing something very special with your book. Would you share that with us? <laughs> Oh, yes, the, the book is at the printer right now. And so the soft cover would be available for people to order uh, sometime after June or sometime in June. And to register for a complimentary copy, they can just go to com, And I guess you'll put that link in, in the yes. show notes. What I wanted to do was, it, it'll be obviously in a downloadable version, um, and I was hoping the day after my birthday to um, have a special offer, you know, one of those 99 cents on, on Kindle offers, and in that process also uh, raise money for a charity that I've discovered that is really dear to my heart, and it's all about helping the grandmothers of Africa who have been left looking after their grandchildren who were orphaned by things like the AIDS epidemic. And there are apparently hundreds and hundreds of these grandmothers bringing up their grandchildren and you know, as, as sort of relatively privileged grandparents or grandmothers here, um, I know that there are a number of groups in Vancouver, for example, who are raising money for these particular um, African grandmothers. And as a grandmother, that's something that's very dear to my heart. So I will tie that um, 99 cent special thing on the hopefully on the 28th of May, into raising money for this particular uh, cause. Wow, that's, now I understand how you became aware of the grandmothers in South Africa. I was trying to figure that one out. And I know so many had, they're not with us anymore, women who wound up 
taking care of their grandchildren and it was like more than they could handle and it wore them out so that's i can't think of anything but more beautiful gifts so thank you that's one more thing for which i thank you so you went from a very science mind world into the spirituality but you didn't have the usual journey to get there is that something you could share with us Sure. I guess I was kind of a, a precocious kid. Um, at the age of 12, I decided that I was not into any kind of organized religion. And in fact, I became an atheist. And I really didn't sort of think about anything to do with that and, and, until a lot later when I began to realize that everybody that talks about healthy aging, one of the key things they talk about is a belief in something that's greater than you. And so I guess after my husband passed away, I went to Rabbi, who was a wonderful man. I, I really didn't have anything to do with organized religion, but I went to him and I said, I, I need help. I need to I need to find out how I can believe in God. <laughs> and he was very wise. And he said, you know, you, you nobody can help you. It has to come from within. And so I really thought about things. And I, I guess the, the conclusion that I've come to is I do believe that there is something that's greater than us and that is universal. And that it's something that none of us will ever be able to know. But it's a it's a comforting thought. I just find the concept of that people seem to have of a deity that actually does things like help you, you know, get a touchdown and all of that beyond my ability to, uh, to, to believe in. So overall, I, I think we are, you know, I know we're part of a great universe and that's sort of a comfort in that alone. I'm basically a humanist. So I don't believe that we are responsible to any other being for being good and for what we do. I think that I, I, I like to believe in people as individuals, not as people who belong to or are categorized into any group. I think that's incredibly divisive and I don't want to meet somebody and think, you know, they are this, that, and the other. I want to meet them and say, this is a person whose soul resonates with me or it doesn't. So I, I think I, I would call myself a humanist rather than anything else. I'm a metaphysical minister, and I have beliefs very similar to what you just described. And I feel that there's a, a God energy, whatever word you want to use, but we're all part of it. And I found that a very profound lesson one day I was riding through Harlem uh, on my way to the airport at rush hour in the summer. It was hot in that bus. And instead of being miserable, I just smiled and I thought every individual on this bus is a representation of the divine having all these unique uh, human experiences. So whenever I feel annoyed about anything, I'll step back and that's how I'll see people, which is similar to what you were just saying. 
And I also know in my healthcare practice, 100% of what's off with people mentally, physically, spiritually comes from the relationship disconnect. And what I find is the first disconnect is from your own spirit. People don't know who they really are. But the second one is a disconnect to a higher power. Not that there's a God that's like you said, you pray to the God and you get a touchdown, not that kind of thing. But knowing how the world all fits together and that the relationship with other people is actually comes in the third place in terms of their well-being. It's so very fascinating to me to talk with, I love science, but have a career in science. No, I couldn't do that. So I'm so, so grateful to know you and that you joined me today to share all of your insights and your experiences it's a real gift it's a gift to me it's a gift to all of my listeners and i want to be really sure and all the links will be in the show note if you just wanted to share the links again your your website your email and your book information so the website is www.askdrjill.com and that is G-I-L-L dot com. My email, uh, you could reach me at um, podcast at com, And the book is JillianLockich.com. Uh, the podcast is, um, it's it's just called Growing Older, Living okay. Younger. And uh, we can put the, the link uh, again in the, the show notes. It's HTTPS, right. you know, it's just too long. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I really want to thank Thank you for inviting me to be this, on this very, very special a podcast of yours. And it's been a pleasure and a privilege getting to know you over the last month or so. Well, thank you. And you've been such a lifesaver to me. <laughs> Launching my own podcast was, oh, thanks for And I just want to check, is there any particular message that you'd like to leave with our listeners today? The key message is for me is that when you stop growing is when you start on a downward slope to the end. So keep your mind and your body active and you will age well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I absolutely agree with everything that you said. And I will see all of you Epic Adventure Seekers next time. You've been listening to a talk on the wilder side. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Get Metaphysical. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in every Monday for more exciting insights and wisdom on life beyond your five senses. Until next time, take a small step in a new direction. Start now.